reading from Ephesians 6, 10 to 24. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you could extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil, evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. Tychius, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from the God of the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen. Morning, everyone. Let's pray before we begin. Lord, thank you for the privilege of sharing your word. Please help me to share clearly. Please uh, shield everyone's minds from the enemy's scattering thoughts or, or from ma making ears blocked. And please let me communicate well and let us hear well. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not greedy. I'm just thrifty. I'm not a gossip. I'm concerned. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just sociable. And this sin, it's fun and it won't have any long-term consequences, really. God will forgive you. He loves you. That's his job, right? So it's okay. And anyway, that, that Christian leader, they were caught doing the same thing. So, you know, no one's perfect. It's not a big deal. Do it. God will forgive you. That's his job. Just do it. I've suffered. I've worked so hard. Nobody understands how hard I've worked. I deserve this. I might as well just do it because playing by the rules doesn't really pay off anyway. All this other time I've been trying to do the right thing, I've gotten sick, my finances have gone down, my relationships have suffered. Obviously following God's way doesn't really pay off in the end. And anyway, I'm going really well in this part of my life, so maybe if, you know, if I stuff up in this part of my life, it's okay, because I'm getting brownie points on, on that side. Maybe it'll kind of even out. Anyone recognize that voice? 
Anyone heard those voices before? There are three things that we battle against as Christians. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, the world is all the things around us that tempt us, our friends, advertising, all these things. Our flesh is our own evil desires, the things we want to do without any help from anyone else. Now, those two alone would would make our life a big struggle. But on top of that, we have the devil and his demons kind of coming on top and just pushing us a bit further, maybe popping some ideas in our heads. The devil is incredibly cunning. He doesn't come like the Halloween costumes, dressed up as a devil with, with uh, goat's horns and a pitchfork. He comes as an angel of light. He comes as a very attractive, beautiful thing. Something very easy to rationalize in your mind. Are you aware of the devil's strategies? I reckon when we get to glory, we're going to look back and be shocked at just how deceived we were every day. And we're going to be shocked at just how much the devil was held back by God. See, because we have defenses, and I'll be talking more about that. But think of this. The Bible says the whole world is under the power of the devil. And non-Christians have zero defense against the devil, except that God would hold him back. That's a terrifying thought. See, because we... When we think of battling the devil and battling demons, they're so much more powerful than us. Without God's help, we too are completely defenseless against the tricks of the devil. Now, I worked for a long time with animistic peoples. So these are people who worship spirits in rocks, trees, Mountains, there are certain places they won't go because they say there are evil spirits there. There are certain things they won't do because they say it'll bring bad luck or or disaster. And they do lots of things to try to placate, placate the gods around to kind of get blessing and protection. And when they become Christians, it's very easy for them to have, in the beginning, what's called a syncretistic faith. So they synchronize, well, not really synchronize, but they kind of add their previous beliefs with their new Christian beliefs. So yeah, they might come to church and pray, but when they get sick, they keep going back to the shaman, to the witch doctor. And sure, they might believe that Jesus died for their sins, but they still do the sacrifice of killing the chicken to make things right when someone in the village has a car accident. Syncretism. Well, we in the West have syncretism too. Whereas most of the world suffers from superstition, so they put too much emphasis on the middle realm, if you like, on angels or or, or good spirits, bad spirits in their minds, we suffer from substition. A lot of us struggle to believe that angels and demons are even real because the worldview that we've had previous to coming to faith, the worldview that's still being rammed down our throat, is one that says, when you get sick, it's never a spiritual reason. When you have a mental illness, well, that's the psychologist's domain. So we outsource all these things. And whenever you think maybe it's demonic, people go, nah, it's probably not that. The last thing we often do is pray because we've fallen into syncretism which mixes, if you like, the worship of reason or the denial of the spiritual with our new Christian faith. And it's funny, 
Sometimes spouses will have arguments when they're trying to figure out how to attack something, how to deal with something, because of where they think uh, the problem comes from. And you'll see your different worldviews come out. And I would guess that everyone in this room has suffered from this Western syncretism. And people have said that the devil doesn't mind if you don't believe him. It makes it easier for him to do his thing because you always think it's some other reason. Early this morning, um, I suddenly had this horrible feeling that I didn't want to preach. And, you know, because I've been preparing this sermon on this topic, I thought, oh, it's probably the devil. And then I just didn't worry about it anymore. But had I not thought that way, maybe I would have thought, does this mean I'm not meant to preach? Does, maybe I'm sick. You know what? You get all confused because there's a true thing that you're not taking into account. My sister Sally is a nurse. She needs to think about all the possible situations. We're always calling her up about once a week. So-and-so got punched in the jaw. So-and-so got scratched by a bit of rusty metal. What do we do? <laughs> it's great having, I don't know if it's great for her, but it's great for us, having a sister who's a nurse. Even call her up at work, she, you know, at the operating table, she answers, well, maybe not. But we don't want to forget that the devil is real. And his demons are real. And man, they're powerful. Think about it. Before Satan fell and took a third of the angels with him, there was a hierarchy already in heaven, right? There are archangels and different levels. Well, when Satan fell and took a third of the angels with him, there's still a hierarchy. And so that's why Paul uses that kind of language, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but of rulers and powers and principalities, archangels, all these different things. But we don't need to worry because God has given us armor. Let's have a look at some of this armor right now. We'll get right into it. So Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, oftentimes when I read this kind of language, I don't even know what it means. What does it mean to be strong in the Lord? I have no idea what it means. So I looked at the amplified version of the Bible and it said, be strong through your union with the Lord. So, oh, I can understand that. So as you draw near to God, as you meditate on Him, as you worship Him, as you pray to Him, as you learn His Word, you become strong. Obviously, if you ignore God, how are you going to experience His power? How are you going to have his, his power in your life against the devil's schemes? Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. See, it's schemes. The devil comes to trick you. The devil comes with 90% truth and 10% lies, always. And the devil comes as something attractive. So don't always think that what, is gl what glitters is gold, is the best thing to do. Oftentimes the hardest thing to do is the right thing. It was, it's so ironic. Yesterday, a beautiful family visited my home. A wonderful family. Gorgeous two little kids. They were dressed really nice. They seemed very peaceful and polite. We invited them into our home. They ate some food with us. It's all very nice. The little kid played with our kids. And then as the conversation got going, the most evil thing you can imagine came out of the head of the home's mouth. He started tempting me with doctrines from the devil. He started telling me 
that Jesus wasn't really God. Jesus used to be an angel. He started telling me that hell isn't real. And I was getting a bit confused and, 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 and it kind of rocked me a bit. They were Jehovah's Witnesses. A beautiful family. Very attractive, loving family. Oh, the devil comes as an angel of light. But our battle is not against flesh and blood. So I was very polite to them because our, my battle's not against them. They're no better or worse than me, probably better. But the devil is using them. And I needed to be ready for the day of evil, for the day of temptation, for the day of confusion, for the day where you're tempted to believe the wrong thing, to do the wrong thing. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Now it's, it's kind of embarrassing, and I guess funny, but this is the second time this family's come to my door, and both times I've been in my boxer shorts. So, you know, because you don't know they're coming. So, as far as my dress, I wasn't prepared, and it didn't even change. But I just, I don't know, I just didn't care. And um, maybe I should. <laughs> but, man, I was glad that I had a bit of preparation spiritually. Things that I'd done years before, when I had no idea Jehovah's Witnesses would come to my house in Evans Head, prepared me for this day. I'm one of those guys that puts too many things in their pockets. You can see them bulging. Because I'm always worried I won't be prepared. So I have my tissues for the day of runny nose. <laughs> I have my puffer for the day of asthma. I got my sunnies for the day of blinding sunlight. I've got my guitar picks for the day of guitar playing. I've got my keys for the day of getting in my house. <laughs> what else? I've got my AirPods for the day of listening to music. I've got my pocket knife for the day of cutting my nails. It's amazing, isn't it, what you can fit in your pocket? I've got my comb for the day of brushing hair. I've got my wallet for the day of payment. And I've got my car keys for the day of driving, and I've got my garage opener for the day of opening the garage. Are you ready for the day of evil? Are you prepared? That's why I had to get these really stretchy jeans, because my pockets are too big. It's also another good reason to wear a hoodie. You've always got more, more room. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand. See, this is a picture of a soldier. You can, um, you, you can, I'll keep going. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now this is incredible. You can imagine Paul writing this chained to a Roman soldier in prison. He's probably looking at this guy. Thinking, okay, my fight's not against flesh and blood. There he is. Look at that armor. I need God's armor. And Roman armor was amazing. Roman armor was so advanced that from about the time of Jesus and about 500 years through that time, 
the Roman army were the top army in the world. And many of the armor and the weapons that we use today are based on that armor. Let me go through some of them now. Because what does the army do when they're not at war? They train. They're constantly training, right? They're constantly updating their uniforms. They're constantly getting their weapons ready, getting better weapons. And we need to do the same. When you're not in a time of war, when you're not being uh, tempted specifically, or you don't think you are, <laughs> you need to be preparing. How do we prepare? Paul tells us, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand. It's, it's like, you know, I play music. I don't wait until I get up on stage before I practice. That'll be a disaster. This is not to make you a more holy or, or better Christian per se. This is preparation for battle. This is not so you can compare who knows the most or who's memorized the most Bible or, or who prays the most. This is so you can stand. This is life and death stuff. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, the Roman soldier's uniform was basically, it had a, a whole heap of parts. It had kind of like a, a dress underneath, like a tunic. And they'd put all their armor on, and then they'd put the belt on over the top and put it real tight, big thick leather, leather belt. They'd hang their dagger off, a big spear, other protective stuff. And it was a bit like when you've got a backpack and you have to clip the bit at the front so that you can run and it doesn't like flop around. It's a bit like that. The belt of truth kept all the armor together so you didn't trip over your tunic. They would pull it up. Um, so they kind of like had short shorts like in rugby, but they just had their tunic up into their skirt. They just put it real tight. The belt of truth. Really, we're in an info war. Mostly, we're in an info war. Alex Jones, info war. But we have our own info war. The devil's lies versus God's truth. But we're gullible. So often we trust the devil's lies. Part of the reason is our own sinful nature. Part of the reason is the effect of the world. Part of the reason is because we don't know the truth. When people want to check out whether money is counterfeit, the way they do it is by studying the real thing a lot so they can compare. You have to know the truth. The belt of truth buckled around your waist, holding everything in place. And the breastplate of righteousness in place. Now, the, the, the breastplate that the Romans used to use, initially they would use chain armor, but that was pretty heavy, and sometimes stuff could still go through it. But they eventually started using stuff that looked a bit like what the uh, American uh, footballers uh, wear, those massive big things, or like Japanese samurai armor, if you've seen that. It's kind of like big scales, like plates on top of each other, four parts, one on each shoulder and one there, and then they tie it up real tight, and it was very effective. Nothing could get through, super effective. And you can look at righteousness in two ways, imputed righteousness and imparted righteousness. Imputed righteousness is the righteousness that Jesus has given to you because he took your punishment and lived a perfect life in your place. Imputed righteousness is not how good you are, but how good God sees you because of what Jesus has done for you. And when we're clear on that, every time the enemy says, hey, you did that bad thing, God doesn't love you anymore. No, no, I have the righteousness of Christ. It doesn't depend on what I do. 
and out goes the, the arrow. In the ancient Roman world, they would fire arrows that had fire on the ends of them. They would light them at the top and they would go, they would penetrate, they would lacerate, and they would incinerate. They would go right in and do big damage. You needed to have that, that breastplate on or, or you were toast. You had to have that there. And if you're not clear, if you're not clear that you are forgiven, oh, you are easy pickings for the devil. Do you know today that you're forgiven? Do you still doubt it? Let me remind you, if you trust in Jesus, you are forgiven. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us, give us our sins and forgive us of all unrighteousness. You've got to know the truth to fight against the devil's lies. There's another way to look at the breastplate of righteousness. Is your own life choices. If you make choices in your life of habitual sin, lies, self-deceit, secrets, they're like gaps in your armor. The devil can get hold of that. The Bible says, don't let the devil get a foothold. And that's what happens when we sin. But thankfully, we have God to help us. We don't rely on our own strength. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The ancient Roman sandals were made of leather, and just like footy boots, they had sprigs on the bottom, made out of bits of metal, so they could run through mud, probably also useful for crushing people's heads. And this is a really interesting one, because it says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Isn't that interesting? The gospel of peace is a weapon, is a shield, is, is, is armor for us. Why is that? Well, I think it's because the gospel reconciles relationships and brings peace between us and God and between people and people. And I've seen many, many, many times a big way that the devil gets the better of us is when we refuse to forgive ourselves, we refuse to forgive other people, and we feel justified in it. And we become like the unmerciful servant who God had forgiven so much, and then someone owed him 50 bucks, and he refused to forgive him. And then the the king who'd forgiven this servant so much was so angry. Don't be like that servant. Forgive. Not even for the other person. For yourself. Because it's you who'll be suffering, not the other one. Forgive. Because God has forgiven you. This is so important. And if this is a blockage for you, memorize scripture. Get together with someone and pray. Be, get some accountability about it. It'll eat you up. It'll kill you. You can't hold unforgiveness, no matter how bad the thing the person did. God has forgiven you of more. You must forgive. The Bible says, if we don't forgive other people, God won't forgive us. That's pretty heavy. God is saying that for our own good. So forgive, or you are going to be absolutely like a sitting duck before the devil and his demons. And we need to be ready with the gospel to preach to ourselves and others. Because every time we hear lies from the devil, we need to preach a sermon to ourselves. We need to encourage ourselves with the truth. So if you don't know the truth... If you don't know the gospel, how can you be ready to tell yourself the truth? You won't. And if you don't know the gospel to tell others, how can you have that readiness, that alertness? You know, the American army, they have all these weird rules about their uniforms when they wear them. One of the rules is if you're in an American army uniform, you're not allowed to put your hands in your pockets. Not allowed to. Super frustrating when they're cold. 
Though you'll see them often with their hand on their gun and all that kind of thing because they don't, they're not allowed to put their hands. Why is that? Because someone can come from behind, give them a bear hug hold while their hands are in their pockets and then they're, they're stuck. And it's also to give the impression of professionalism, of readiness. And it's the same for us. We need to be ready spiritually all the time. We can have a rest, we can have a holiday, we can have a sleep, but we can't fall asleep to the schemes of the devil because it's relentless. And the moment we think we're doing well, he'll come in. So we need to take up God's armor. We don't want to run out in the battlefield with no armor on, with no weapons. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, the shields in those times, has anyone seen the riots in Hong Kong? You know, they've got those massive big riot shields, the police, and they bend down like this and they bang, and they come closer and closer. That's a lot what the Roman shields were like. They were big enough so that you could crouch down and cover your whole body. You might have seen them in Gladiator. And they curved around the body like this. And it's really amazing what they would do. Sometimes they would have a row of two kilometers long of people with their shields. And they'd be warring these disorganized Celtic bands of fighters and just coming closer and edging closer and closer. And you couldn't get through. You couldn't win. Not because of the power of one, but because of the power of them working together with their shields. And if they had multiple rows... The guys behind the front line would put their shields up like this. So it's like completely covered. People are firing arrows from a long way away. It just keeps hitting the shields. They keep edging closer and closer. So this is the picture we have of the shield of faith. Because the devil wants you to stop trusting God. He'll use all sorts of things. They'll always be only permitted by God, though. He's not free to do whatever he wants. Think of Job. What an interesting story. God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He's righteous in everything he does. And the devil said, no, 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 no. He's only righteous because you keep blessing him so much. God says, okay, take everything away from him except you can't put a finger on his life. So off the devil goes. Takes away his family, his health, his wealth. The only thing he leaves behind is his wife, who's a big thorn in the flesh to him. Would have been better if he took his wife. His wife said, come on, Job, just curse God and die. Your life's over. You've obviously done something really bad. Look how much horrible stuff's happening to you. What a wife. <laughs> he just had every kind of curse coming at him from every angle. What did the devil want him to do? Stop trusting God. And I see this all the time in places where the gospel is just coming into a village for the very first time in history. And their whole worldview is based on the idea of doing sacrifices so God will bless you or protect you, things like that. So someone becomes a Christian, and then someone in their family gets sick or even dies. And people go, look, it's because he believed in the Christian God. And what a test of faith that is for that new Christian. Do they still trust God when things go wrong? Do you still trust God when things go wrong? Or is all your faith in God based on how well things are going? Because that's shaky ground. We're not guaranteed an easy life. We're guaranteed eternal life. And in that place, there'll be no tears. 
There'll be no sickness. There'll be no death. There'll be no pain. But now we have a struggle. But Jesus says, I give you peace. Peace the world cannot take away. And this peace is a shield to our heart. It's confirmation. Even though everything's going wrong, have the peace of God. The guy up the street, his, his marriage is in better shape. He's got more money. He's got a better job. But he has no peace. Why? Only Jesus can give real peace. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Roman helmet was really amazing too. It had flaps going down the side to protect your cheeks. It had little ear protectors. It had a bit going down the back. It had a bit up the front to stop uh, blows from up the top. It, had, it was reinforced like with a little cross up the top so that you couldn't split the helmet with a, with a sword. Really amazing pieces of gear. And they evolved from just a simple like bowl on someone's head in the beginning and slowly became something far more amazing. See, because the battle is in the mind. And the devil wants to take us to extremes. He wants to say he doesn't exist or he wants us to obsess about him. He wants us to focus all on God's love and ignore our sin or all on our sin and ignore God's love. But the truth of the gospel lets us see both at the same time. Because in the cross, we see the love of God and the depth of our sin. At the same time, with the end result, you are forgiven. You are accepted. You are a child of God. Yes, your sin is great. But Jesus has taken it all away, has paid the full price. So you must keep the cross before you. You must keep the gospel before you because the devil is so clever. He'll come back again and again and again. We've got to keep that in mind. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the God. This is really interesting. The word for sword is the little dagger sword that they would have by their side for hand-to-hand combat. It's the one they grabbed first. And it was a repeat-use sword. They had another spear called a pilum, which they could only use once. It had a big bit of wood and then a soft, long part here with a hardened tip. Now, the problem when you throw a spear is what if your enemy throws it back at you? So they devised a way to get around that. The soft part leading up, the metal part, was soft metal. And the hardened tip was obviously hard. So when it hit the enemy, it bent and was no longer useful. It was a single-use weapon. But this dagger, which it talks about here, and when it says the sword of the Spirit, is a daily repeat-use weapon. Grab it quickly. Which is the Word of God. And the word word here is rima in the Greek, which means the spoken, specific Word of God. So what this means is God wants you to learn his word and speak it out as a weapon against the devil's lies every day. You have to have your ammunition ready. I was at the Arnestons a few days ago playing a Nerf war with their kids and my kids. I went around every little Nerf bullet I found, I put it in my pocket, ready for the next battle. Do you have scripture bullets ready? Do you have them ready? Or are you like, ah, oh, it'll be right, you know, I'll know what to say, I'll know what to think. No, you won't. You need the truth. You need to memorize scripture. You need to read the Bible. And I'm glad that I became a Christian before social media because it's harder now. There's more distractions. But I tell you, you need to prepare for the battle. You need to memorize scripture. You need to know the Bible back the front. Not to be a goody two-shoes or to compare, but to win in the day of evil when the devil tempts you, lies to you. Because it'll come over and over and over again until we get to heaven where there is no accuser. And then we don't even need faith because faith will become sight. 
We're all looking forward to that day. But for now, we're in a war. If you think you're not in a war, you're going to be more susceptible than anyone else. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all God's people. The logical conclusion, if we're in this kind of battle and God is our help, we need to be praying all the time for others as well. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul, the amazing speaker, such a brave guy. Obviously, he struggled with fear. Obviously, he was tempted not to be bold. So he asked people to pray for him. What about you? What is it that you struggle with? Ask your friends to pray for you. Ask us to pray for you. Don't be so proud that you say, I got no prayer requests. Be honest. What are you struggling with? What might come towards you? What are your kids struggling with? What are your friends struggling with? Pray. Pray at all times. To finish, I want to read this same verse from the uh, Amplified Bible, and then we'll close, because it just brings it out even more. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which is his boundless, which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness, in the supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands to stand firm in your place. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God. And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy, with the firm-footed stability and promptness and readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword, of the spirit, uh, and the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert, and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. And pray also for me that freedom of utterance may be given me, that I may open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news, the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in coupling chains in prison. Pray that I may declare it boldly and courageously as I ought to. Let's pray. Father, please protect us against the devil's lies and schemes. Please hold us strong in the truth. Please help us to prepare by knowing your word, by praying, by drawing near to you. Lord, help us stand right till the end until we come to the day where we don't need to fight against the devil's schemes anymore. Thank you for winning the victory already. Help us to hold out until the end. In Jesus' name, amen.